Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. In this episode, we'll be reviewing Castle Panic. Hi, my name's Peter. And I'm Shondell. And in this podcast, we review board games. Yes, and today we are talking about Castle Panic. Okay, so you can play this with one to six players. For ages 10 and up. And the game lasts approximately one hour. Basic gameplay. In Castle Panic, players are working to try and defend a castle with its walls from an onslaught of attacking monsters, orcs and trolls and goblins, I think is the last one. Yes. The board looks well like a dartboard. It's a a series of circles, one inside the other, (laughs) starting from the outer forest all the way into Swordsman and then at the very centre where you build your castle. There are six wall pieces that go around side the inner castle pieces. The rings themselves are of three colours, blue, red and green, and each colour is divided into two. So you'd have two reds, one and two, two greens, three and four, and two blues, five and six, which you use for dice rolling. The game plays mostly through the use of cards. So on your turn, you draw up, so you've got a hand of six six cards for most numbers of players. It changes for more players. So you draw up until you've got a full hand of cards. You then have the option to discard one of the cards from your hand to draw another one off the top of the deck. And you then have the option to trade one card with any one other player. And then after that, the bulk of your turn is just playing the cards. So the cards will say things like a swordsman and it'll be red, which means you can hit any monster in the red swordsman ring. So in the red colour in the swordsman ring of the board. Or a hero, which is blue, which can hit anywhere in the blue except in the forest or inside the inner castle ring. Um, Or there's a few special ones, like a barbarian, which can hit anyone anywhere on the board, including inside the castle ring. But don't worry, you don't need to remember all that, because on the bottom of every card, it literally says... Exactly where you can hit. After you have uh, attacked the monsters, and maybe perhaps fortified walls, etc. Oh yeah, there's cards that do that as well. Brick and mortar. With your brick and mortar, you can rebuild walls of the castle but you can never rebuild towers so every tower that is knocked down is gone from the game for good after you have um, built fortified walls or killed monsters and removed them from the map you then move the monsters generally they'll move one space towards the castle when the monsters reach the castle they will attack the walls to tear them down, which also does damage to the monsters themselves. Then you draw two monster tokens from the pile. Now there are 49 tokens and they range from your standard monsters to boss monsters with special abilities and um, effects as well, which can move and manipulate the, the monsters on the board or allow you to draw more monsters from the stack. 
once you've drawn the monster from the stack, um, in order to work out where it starts, um, you roll the dice, numbered one to six, and depending on what you've rolled, is you place them in the forest in that area. Uh, you also have a, a giant boulder token, which will roll straight through, knocking down monsters and stuff, everything in its path, and then hits um, the castle walls. Yep, and demolishes the wall. That it and demolishes the walls, yeah. The boulder's over his conflicted feelings, and now he's ready to bury you in a rock avalanche. Okay, so... Then how to win is dependent on which variation you play. So a fully co-op game, all you need to do is defend the castle. So if you manage to keep the castle standing, even if all the walls are gone, that's fine as long as there's one castle piece standing and you get through all the monster tokens, then you win. If you're playing the standard game, um, it's semi-cooperative. So you're working together. So if the castle falls, if you lose all your castle pieces, you all still lose. But if the castle stay standing at the end of the game when you kill the monsters, the person who's killed the most monsters wins. Or the most points worth monsters because I think the boss monsters are worth an extra point. And then there is an overlord variation where one person is actually playing the monsters against the other people who are trying to defend the castle. That's pretty much it. Review. It's a presentation. I gave it a four. Yeah, I gave it a four as well. Yeah, really good, nice, clean presentation. Uh, really handy. I love the use of dead space on the board for the rules and instructions So yep. in the corners. So it means you don't need to refer to having that book, instruction book next to you. Yep. Um, you can pretty much get away with playing majority, about 80% of the game, I reckon, just by using those bits in the corners and the cheat card that you have. Yep. Um, you do have to rely on the person who's sitting next to the particular yes. um, thing in the corner, though. So what Pete is talking about is the board itself is a circle. More like a dartboard. Yeah, on a square board, though. So in the corners where there is nothing like no part of the actual game board they've put little um like additions to your cheat sheets um but specific to particular monsters or how particular the tiles that you draw out of the bag work just to give you another place you can look that up instead of looking in the rule book yeah that's always handy because it means that multiple eyes can be on it um you know depending on literally your point of view of where you're sitting around the board yeah Yeah, because each corner well, not each corner, but two corners have just the normal order of play. That's on your normal cheat sheet card that everyone gets. Yep. But the other two corners have something different. And no, I also um, I also like the monster tokens. It's a yeah. great way to keep the check of where their health is at. I think it's very clever. Yeah, yep. I like that as well. Definitely, the little triangles in your turn, whichever one's whichever side's facing. Yeah. The castle is the side with the number on it um, that it's up to. And the little pictures on those tiles as well, are, you know, they're pretty good. Yeah, look, it's uh, good quality um, yes. and that artwork flows all the way through out the inside of the box. Now, yep. outside, I want to jump to the outside of this box. I just feel it's a little gimmicky. I don't know whether you've seen this, but it look maybe perhaps a little photoshopped. 
Um, it's like a, it is. It's a, it is a drawing. It's, oh, it's no, a drawing. Okay, okay. How can you Photoshop maybe, maybe a cartoon? Photoshop's too much. It's just too much. Maybe it's just too I'm busy. Like you've drawn this monster too fat. You need to slim some. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit too busy and little bits and pieces happening all over the place. I, I, I don't know. I just it, for me, it doesn't grip me. Okay. Okay. Well, um, what else did I have then? Oh, the the cards themselves, the pictures on the cards. I really like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like the hero's facial expression. Yeah. It's very cocky and very yep. full of himself. Yep. That's kind of funny. Just a little bit, you know, a little bit to add to it. I think it's quite clever with the board because they've had to split it up into three different colours, how they've done the artwork for those. So they haven't just gone, this is the red side, this is the green side, this is the blue side. Like the blue side is little ponds yeah puddles. like a marsh area yeah and yeah. then the green signs it's the forest sort of like grass yeah yeah and then the red side i'm not actually sure what the we're red not sure yeah <laughs> i think it's either mountains or lava but well, because it could it's possibly a, be lava that's it, what i keep thinking uh maybe just i want to think it's lava. cracks in the ground you yeah. know so maybe it's just like red sand dunes yeah and again, hey, maybe maybe that red sand exists. Look, the reason why I possibly have done this is that it's kind of um, you don't want to draw too much attention to what's happening. You don't want too much detail there. But at the same time, it, it comes back to that Photoshoppy feel that I feel oh. that it has. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, um, but cartoonish. You know what? It reminds me of a sh- like the Shrek style of cartoons. Like a, it's very simplistic-y colours and boldness, but I don't know. I always just think of, I think of this game, I think of Shrek for some reason. Okay. Um, and also, you can't talk about presentation without talking about the stand-up castle pieces. Yes. Like, that's really a, good. That's a cool aspect. Really of this good. Game. The castle yep. in the middle and the walls around the outside. And the fortifications All stand up. and yep. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Very clearly... You know, here's your castle. You've got to defend this. Yep, so, I'm, yeah. I like that. My um, my one thing that I was do have to say, with maybe a little bit of a negative, is the box storage because we always talk about the storage. Yeah. And you know, it's it's baggies, little plastic bags. We got a place for your cards to stand up in. Yeah. But you don't really use it. Um, yeah, and because it's it's that thin thin cardboard. Yeah, that's not very. I look. I um, would say sound. that that uh, again, it's one of those games. Apart from the board, which is quite you know folds out to be quite a large board, an okay size board, like your fairly average one. You really <laughs> actually, it's a little on the small side. <laughs> <laughs> you you really. Um, it doesn't. The box doesn't need to be as big as what it is. There's a lot of um, space, open air in this box. It could be like yeah. ten times thinner than what it is. Thinner, not. I mean, it has to, you, the board is the, the limiter, because yeah. um, that's really the reason why it is that size. But and look, it could. It might even. You know, if you read were to do another version of this, it could be easier travel game. Yeah, maybe apart from yeah. the board. Apart from the board, it could be a rollout mat. Who knows? Magnetic. <laughs> anyway, we're getting yes. a little side Let's move on. tracks. Let's move yes. On. So, uh, rookie rating. Yes. Um, I've given this a five. Ooh, I gave it a four. Okay. So you no faults at all. No, I think it's um, I think it's really good for rookies. Like it looks approachable. I don't think 
um, there's anything about the look that's too daunting. There's not there's no wooden cubes, you know, <laughs> like there's none of that Euro feel. Yep. I was trying to work out whether those cardboard triangles for the monster things count as chits. I'm not really sure what a chit is. I feel very out of my board game lingo. Chit to me is like a very small piece of cardboard or something as like a a, a marker indicator. Is that to you? That's to me. to the board game community? No, no, in which case I'm just going to get absolutely smashed for for saying definition of a chit. But chit, I don't know, it's always like I don't know. Anyway, it's kind of really irrelevant, but those monster tokens, we'll call them just monster tokens, um, they're not like... Seeing them doesn't put you off the game sort of thing. Like I think it makes the game really approachable for a rookie. Um, It's also really straightforward to play when you first play if you play co-op style. Yeah. So um, that's one thing I'm glad that you game. Me- Look, I'm glad that you mentioned that and I want to bring that up a little bit more when we hit the, the balance side of things. Yep. I'm sure All you right. probably do as well. But yes, so if, if we're playing now. the standard version and it's just co-op, then absolutely. Yep. Standard and co-op are two different versions, I should point out. Really? Yes. Standard is the... You can play it standard co-op or overlord style. Uh, so you can't say standard co-op. Okay. Because that might be confusing. So what's the standard version? Semi-cop? Yeah. Interesting. I know. I know. I wouldn't play this one standard version straight off the bat. I'd no. play it as fully cooperative. Yes. Especially with rookies. Yeah. What I was going to say, yes, there is a lot to remember on your turn. There's, what, six phases? Yes, there's six. And that's the reason why I've marked it down a point. Um, trying to remember all six phases. But you don't have to remember it. That's why I didn't mark it down, because you've got the order of play card. Your little cheat sheet that tells you, it's now you draw up cards, yeah. now you can discard one and draw a new one, now you, you can trade with someone else. Do you think like a 10-year-old would be able to follow all those six instructions every single round? And as long as I'm just, you know, I, I'm not, you know, there could be some very smart 10-year-olds out there, but I just don't see that happening. I think it's just a matter of, you know, you have to keep everyone else accountable when you play it. Yeah. Um, to follow all six steps because, you know, we've forgotten to draw monsters sometimes or we've forgotten to move monsters. We just yep. got so excited and moved on to the next turn, yep. next person's turn. That doesn't matter whether you're a rookie or you've played games for years. It's just something that you yeah, get. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, true. Um, I think the order of play card, like there's a lot of steps, but they're not really complicated steps. Mm-hmm. You know, draw up. So you've got six cards in your hand. Discard one card and draw a new card if you want to. Trade one card with another player if you want to. Play all your cards. That's the big part of the step. Move the monsters. You know, it's there's nothing draw two monsters too complex. You you run off there. You did very well from your memory. That was very good. Yeah. So that's why I gave it a five. Awesome. So player interaction. Now I gave this a four. I gave that one a five as well, actually. Wow. Um, look, there should be a lot of talking in every single round. There's a lot of communications of what cards you have or the cards that you want, depending if it's your turn or not. Or if you see the fact that in the next turn or the next next turn, if there's you know lots of different players in this game, that you should be trying to find the cards that you want 
and um, getting those cards in your hand ready for all those monsters to appear on that particular space. Especially if you're playing this in the standard version, the, the, that semi-cult version, you really need to be able to yeah. communicate and almost manipulate yeah. um, so that you end up not only ensuring that, that we win, but that you kill the most amount of monsters, which is really great mechanism. Yep. I did um, – I also said that as well, that like, you know, that mechanism of trading one card on every person's turn makes the interaction high – and even when you're playing the standard mode, so you're trying to beat other people and you're not fully cooperative. Like cooperative games, you have to work together and you have to interact with each other yep. anyway. Yeah. But standard mode, when it's not fully cooperative, you still need that interaction. And you need to, even when you're trying to balance, how am I going to help other yeah. people? Yeah, so look, it might be that case where... You come off for the first few rounds or I want to help you guys. I don't care if I win or not. It doesn't matter, you know. It's we're in it together. We're here to yeah. save the, the castle. Yeah, no one wins if the castle yeah. dies. Exactly, yeah. And all those other lines. But in the back of your mind, you'd be going, oh, I've got the barbarian in my hand here and, and a brick and mortar that I can, well, essentially, I think what happens when it comes to the brick and mortars is that you want to give them to somebody else so they kind of like junk up their hand with those two cards and they have to, you know, build the fortress, you know, do that while you're off slaying monsters so you can get more tokens. Yep. So why did you mark the interaction down then? Why didn't you mark it out of five? I felt because only you could only trade one card with another player and not trade multiple cards. I didn't feel like there was a lot that would kind of mean that you could possibly do to set up your hand or to try and do that manipulation you could have that conversation yeah that'd be great if i could have that card but if you could trade more than one card maybe there'd be more interaction going on now is that look i just want to curious about that two to five players you only trade one card and then six players you get to trade two cards oh but still chances of you actually getting six players in the room to play this if you can, then great, fantastic. Yeah, but other people might have more friends than us. We, we, we don't. <laughs> Sorry. All right, moving on. <laughs> um, balance. balance. So, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> balance um, is always an interesting one when dealing with a co-op or a semi-co-op. Yeah. It's quite difficult to, to judge. It does because there's two big parts to balance. So there's the luck versus the strategy, strategy yeah. and then there's the rookie versus the expert. Yeah. And usually I focus on one of those because the other one seems kind of irrelevant. But for this game, they both seem really relevant. Yes. So I've given the game a three. And I've given it a four. Okay. So if we start with the luck versus the strategy, um, luck plays a Big part, Big part. In this absolutely. Game. It's, so, it's quite unbalanced. Yeah. So when you draw, like, if you draw right at the start of the game, you start with one monster in each in each arc, um, and if you draw things like a boss monster or the token that says draw four more monsters in those first few rounds, you're just absolutely surrounded. It can really make it seem impossible. Right from the start. Um, also, there's a thing like when you trade your cards or whatever to set up the perfect 
well, I'm going to hit him once in the archer range. You can then hit him once in the knight range. Yeah. And then, like, you can hit him in the swordsman range and then we'll kill him. And you have it all set up and you've all got the perfect cards. And then next thing you know, you draw a tile where it says um, monsters move clockwise. Yeah, or all blue that's monsters good. move forward one. Yeah. Um, so that does – it is luck. It's definitely a lot of luck in that regards. However – it adds to the panic of the game, you know. Absolutely. That's the point of the game. Just this crazy, oh, we've got this all planned out perfectly and then the monsters just do something random and you're like, ah, now what What are we going to do? How are we going to stop? I had the green. How am I going to stop the red? Ah! So, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. works, but it is heavy on the luck. Yeah. The dice rolls that you roll as well when you draw out the tokens. Yep, to work as out well. where they go. Yep. The, the cards that you draw... Um, when you're trying to the, the castle cards that you try and draw when it's your turn to drop your hand it can all play into the luck so if if you just can't do anything then then yeah, your turn yeah. can be over very quickly yeah. and we have had turns like that it's not often that you can't do anything anything uh-huh. but there's been sometimes we just like um well all my guys are green and red and everyone is attacking from the blue side at this particular point in time so yeah. there's yeah. nothing I can do Okay, and then there's the rookie versus expert. And this is where I think you were going to talk about the different game styles. Yes, for sure. Having semi-co-op means that you definitely will have that unbalance between an expert and what they say and that manipulation, subtle as it may be, in order to win versus that of a... um, of a full-on co-op, which will be quite well-rounded and everyone's in it together. And I think that if you needed to start first for first players, for if there's a rookie in the room or whatever, start with a co-op. Yeah. Um, get them to learn the mechanics of it, those six steps every turn. Get them familiar with the cards and the frequency of cards and what type of things there are on them. And then do your subtle manipulation with your uh, semi-co-op. Yeah, so I definitely, definitely would play a co-op first. Yes. Without a doubt. And it's good that it's got both options, the three options there. And it does make it like playing a standard game where you're trying to help each other to defend the castle but you're still trying to kill the most monsters, like more monsters than everyone else. That makes the game so much harder. Yeah. Like even for us as, you know, we've played it a few times, we still generally play it as fully cooperative and, you know get very close to losing without even without even trying to like beat each other so it does mean look it can be a little frustrating with that semi-cop as well because you could be like um fighting for your life knowing there's only like one or two bits of building up and you're like man we, we really need a barbarian right now just to keep us alive. Has anyone got a barbarian to trade with me? Anybody, anybody. And someone says, no, you draw a, um, a giant boulder or something that wipes out your, your construction, game over, and someone reveals they've got the barbarian. You're like, well, come on. Yeah, Say that you yeah. had the barbarian. But, well, it's, it depends, but it's a part it depends, of the game. Yeah, it's it, definitely a part of the game. it depends on the people you're playing with. Like, yeah. If they can see that the situation is that dire, then they'll hand it over. But it does make it, it, does make it more um, sometimes, you know how I said, it's not often you don't have anything to do, but it can be 
if you're playing semi-co-op yeah. and no one gives you anything useful, like when it's early in the game, um, when you know most of the tower is still standing and all the walls are still standing and everyone's still out for themselves, so people are a lot less likely to give you cards that can help you and that can result in some turns when you don't have anything you can play. True. But there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> okay. When it comes to balance, one thing I do really like about this game is it gives you options that they call less panic and more panic. Yes. Which make it easier or harder depending on whether you're like you're an expert and you're finding it too easy so you want to make it a bit trickier or whether you're a rookie and you're finding it too hard and you want to make it a little bit easier. And um, so I don't know if you've read them all. Some of them are really cool. Like for the um, for the more panic ones, I think I like the more panic more than the less panic, but that's all right. One of the variations, a man ho- man's home is his castle. So each person gets one tower of the castle that is like designated to them and if that tower falls, they're out of the game. That sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Um, there's dwindling resources. So every time you reshuffle the deck, you take out a brick or a mortar. So that there's less chance you can rebuild the walls. Yep, yep. Um, and then there's under construction where you start the game with no walls, wow. just the tower. Wow. And you've got to try and build the walls. Like these are ways to make this game like a real challenge. Yeah, for And sure. they've thought about them beforehand. They've put them in. They've also got ones for less panic to make the game a little bit easier. So I think in terms of balance, that's actually really good because it does make the game work for different levels of players. Yes. All right, I'm done now. That's it. That's all I want to say on balance. Uh, and uh, replayability. Now, I've got a three for this. I put a four. Yes. Look, it is, um, it's a great, simple game. Mechanism is really easy and you've got the cheat cards. It's nice, pretty and enticing. Um, but if you were to just play the, the standard version, is it a tad too simple? I don't know. Um, I think... It feels like luck plays too much into this and that can be for those guys who are the, the gamers gamers or, you know, you know, that want to have that high strategy and high reward may not get that same satisfaction. Yeah, that's a fair call. Um, but I've, I've just said look, it's not too long. No, 60 minutes is, is a good time. It feels good for this game. Yeah, so it's so because of that, you know, you might play it twice or you might, you know, it's not it's not so full on that you want to put it away and not pull it out for another month. True, you know? true. Um, but, and, and to use those alternate rules as yeah, well, yeah. that would really in, improve the replayability. And that's, why, and that's why I marked the replayability so high was because you've got the more and less panic options and you've got the different game styles between co-op, standard and overlord. So you know what I'd like to see in this game? I'd like to see a mechanism which slowly makes things harder and harder throughout the game. Yeah. You know, yeah, I want to see like like the second phase or a third phase, like a, I don't know, some sort of um, ways in which you can be have less cards or you have to do you have to do more with less or the other way around. There's more hordes coming at you at different directions. The intensity increases. It's like when you first play this game and you've got all those bad guys in every single arc in the forest. 
they're all coming at you in all different directions. But it feels like that once you get past that, things yeah. can almost ease up a little bit and that comes at you a little, a little slower and a little more manageable. It I want to see that It does have the, the, the tiles that are draw three monsters yeah, no, and it, draw four monsters. It does, but, but it, it's a random thing. Exactly, it can happen at any time. Luck. Yeah, I want, I want it to happen that you, it's almost like a build-up to yeah. the moment when you, you're down to your four last four last pieces or your, or your eight last pieces and they all come at you all the same time or something lying along those lines. I think that would improve the, okay, phase two now, yep. let's, let's gear up, ready for this type yep. style. I think you would benefit from the more panic versions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we haven't played them, but yeah, that sounds, sounds amazing. So how about you and your four in replayability? No, that's it. <laughs> that's okay. all I had, what I've already said. Okay. So theme? Um, I've given the theme a four. And I've given it a three. I seem to like this game more than me. I don't know. I don't, oh, it's yeah. not like this game, just rate yeah. different things higher. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I've said while the medieval monsters theme is not unique, like no. it, it's not a... Wow, something different yeah, to the table. Theme. Yeah, um, I like the way it's used in the attack the castle style. Yeah, so being surrounded, you know, we've got things coming at us from all sides. Um, so you do have that sort of feeling of defending this one space in the middle. You know, um, the only thing is, I guess, if you really were defending a castle and everyone was attacking from the red side there would be a way to convert your blue and like two blues, Two blues equals one red or something? Yeah, there would be a way to convert them and just like send your troops to the other wall if everyone's attacking from that yeah. wall rather than going, well, all my troops are sitting on the green wall yeah. having a cup of tea while the red wall is getting attacked and no one's there sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, but it does have that good feeling. It does have that. I like the way they've taken the theme to make that feeling. Having said that though... The theme obviously doesn't mean that much to them because they've gone and added, come up with different versions of different themes. So you've got Dead Panic, which is like a zombie theme. You've got Munchkin Panic, yeah. which is a Munchkin game. And then you've got Star Trek Panic. Yes. Um, which I actually am quite curious. <laughs> but I've seen some pictures of it and it looks really good. Yeah. Um, I do think the mechanism changes slightly in each of those different. Like it's not just a change in theme. Like yeah. I think they have played it a little bit cleverer than that mm-hmm. um but yeah i did find the the theme like again it's constant throughout it um that in my mind is a shrek style theme but i find that it perhaps is a, a tad too kidsy i mean that being said games like cult express and whatnot also have a very kidsy style theme and they work and play really well yeah but I want to see more menacing creatures and something with a little more darkness in my... So I'm really scared when these things come out. I think this game is designed for a younger audience. It's so 10 plus, yeah. It's not a 12 plus or a 14 plus sort of game. <laughs> yeah, okay. But th- that's how I feel and it's all about how I feel and what appeals to me. Yep. <laughs> and that's why... That's why I like this this particular thing all to itself, this the theme, because it just means that it's all about how I my reaction to the, the theme. Your reaction Fair out enough. there might be completely different, but that's just me. Okay. 
Best and worst. So best and worst. My best is the monsters and the scoring tokens, as well as the castle 3Ds. I love that. I love that you can physically touch, move, turn, knock over the different bits and pieces. Um, it really feels quite satisfying as well to, and we haven't talked about this, to just kill the monsters and take them off the board and yeah. throw them in the box. Yeah. It does feel very satisfying doing that if you're the one who takes the final blow. Yeah. Um, my best is the, the different game styles and the more or less panic variations. I just think it adds so much to the game to have this idea and to take a game which could have just been a standard co-op and go, you know what, we're going to make it slightly different and we're going to call this standard game one where you have to work together but you're trying to kill more monsters than everyone else. I think it's very clever. Mm. And I like that. And I like the more and less panic options. So all those variations on the game I think really add to it. So worst. Now I find that probably the worst thing, and I had to think quite hard about this again, so don't... You know, it's not something that's just hit me as like, this is a really bad part of this game. Um, It's the pure co-op just feels a tad too easy. And I don't think we've ever lost on a pure co-op before. No, we personally haven't, but I have taught this game to people and watched them lose miserably. Yeah. So. But then again, we've got pretty good communication. We're fairly comfortable with each other. Yeah. So we know we can both look at the board and between the two of us work out a strategy whereas I suppose rookies just surrounded by the board not knowing what to do may fail a couple of times before they get stronger and know you know really yep. grip you know take charge yeah, I of this think game probably but when they do though once once they do do that though I'm pretty sure they're going to win pretty much nine times out of ten well I think maybe at that point so that's where the variations come in yes. when you go okay if you are an expert or a, a big board game player, um, then you need to start using these, either your more panic variations or you need to start using your standard rules. Or the expansions. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, my worst is I felt a little hopeless once a monster had entered the center castle ring. Yes. So once they break down the wall... And they break down that first castle and they get into the castle ring. They move clockwise and each time they can, you know, they hit another tower. There's almost nothing you can do about it. But in a real life situation here, we're talking about goblins and so it has to be real life. Yeah. If someone actually broke into a castle and they got over the walls and stuff, they're going to wreak havoc. Yeah, but all the army is going to be on them in a second and they'll be pretty much dead. True. But it does feel but like... But you, you're sending your soldiers and your archers and everything else. They're all pointed outwards. No one's actually inside. Only yeah, heroes so. But if it was real life, wouldn't you leave some guys inside? Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. you need to reinforcements and, you know, well, thinking the, ahead, look, resting good, some people. Like some people can come back off the war field and then you send other ones out. The, the good thing is every time they actually knock down a wall or whatever, they lose a point of health. Yeah. So, But I just feel like that's it. You're just waiting for them to kill themselves by knocking down the towers. Very true. Rather than actually, I mean, there are a few special cards like the Barbarian and things like that that can actually hit inside the castle ring. But otherwise, 
if you don't get them before that point, you just I just I don't know. I well, just that's felt, the I, I just felt, of the game. I just You've felt got to get them before they get in. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. Was, that was my worst. I was like, well, no, I just got to wait for them to kill themselves and see how much damage they do. Exactly. Final thoughts. Okay, my overall impression of this game is it's a good protect the castle game, suitable for all level of gamer. And I said pretty much the same thing. It's a good defend the castle game that will keep you on your toes. All right. And then my buy Fs. I've said buy if you want a medieval monster game for non-gamers. Interesting. I can't argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to, clearly. (laughs) I think there are other medieval games out there um, that that, uh, might do that a little bit better. But but it certainly is an excellent gateway game and that's what I've – my first um, buy if, if you want a good – um, light, um, emphasis on the light, um, you know, medieval style co-op Gateway game, game. Yep. then this will be the game. Um, my other bias is if you can't decide between a co-op and a versus game. That's a good one. This has the potential to be both. Yes. So Very good. Yeah. If you think you want to work with someone and then you realise you really don't like them and you just want to work it's against them, you just change the game style. Yeah. Easy and I is. would say that even if you had a, like a young family and you, you know, when they reach a certain age, up to yeah. a certain age, you play it all co-op and when they get past a certain age where they can start negotiation skills, that's when then you... Then you take them down! <laughs> bring in that semi-co-op and yeah. Um, so that's very cool. Um but, uh, yeah, look, it is an excellent co-op buy if you want to have a bit of panic in your games because it certainly does bring a bit of panic, especially in that first round. Yep. You have been listening to the All Manner of Things podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at allmannerofthings.com or alternatively, you can find us on our website www.allmannerofthings.com Thanks for listening. Bye. In Castle Panic, <laughs> I got the giggles. You want to stop it? Give me a second. <laughs> she doesn't stop. Don't stop. Whatever you do, don't stop. You got that. Okay, good. In Castle Panic, players are playing. <laughs> They're playing, are they? <laughs> okay. In Castle Planet. <laughs> Castle Planet. Oh, man. I want to play that game so much. Okay. Castle Planet. <laughs> He's a hero. Um, or there's a few special ones like a banana. 